You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Deb Timmerman, welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. This is episode three. And I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal, our mission is to give you tools and strategies that will help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Today's topic is about how to build a support system that helps decrease, not add to stress levels. Sheldon Cohen, a PhD psychology professor from Carnegie Mellon, in Pittsburgh says strong social support helps people cope with stress. It also builds our immune system and prevents cardiovascular disease. It's because we're wired for social connection and it's an important part of what we need to have as humans to grow and flourish. So as much as we need social connections and support, one of the issues that we often hear from our clients is that sometimes people in our social circles or our families add to our stress levels rather than lower them. So today we'll be talking about how to identify if your support network is impacting your stress levels in a positive or challenging way. So Barb, what's a stressful relationship look like? What comes to mind for me is those emotions, those feelings when I feel obligated. I feel like I have to do something, have a relationship, as opposed to a time when there's just ease, there's flow. So those would be relationships that I would feel are more stressful. I probably would have a knot in my stomach. I may be getting a headache, just thinking about having to spend time or experience a a situation or it could be a, a person because it's not always just about an individual. I think we've all had those experiences where we anticipate going someplace and we can feel our energy draining before we even get there. And we all have those people in our lives that are what I call the woe is me people. My husband calls them the people who sit in the garden and eat worms. So everything's awful, everything's bad, but yet, when you offer support and maybe some suggestions for how they might think about things in a different light, there's always an excuse or a reason why they are unable to do that. Do you have, what's your experience with those kinds of relationships? Sure. I end up doing is I reframe the conversation. It's uh, the glass is empty, half empty. Well, for me, it's, how was the first half? And you still have half to go. And what I find sometimes is those people don't stick around as long as they might have because they tire of you reframing the conversation. But there's no question there are some people who are very committed to that woe is me. And at that point, you may have to make a decision about how long you spend in that that environment, that energy. One of the things for me that helps me get 
even clearer about these relationships. If, if I'm really struggling with someone, then those emotions are, could be frustration, could be anger, and those are evident. And in many ways, those are the best ones to have. It's the ones that we have that are running in the background, the resentment, the low level frustration, the ones where we're actually participating in the conversation, we're there, but we really don't want to be. Those are the ones that are the most dangerous because they're draining us and we might not even be conscious of that's really what's happening. Mm. So let's switch gears here and talk about the kinds of social supports that help us deal with stress. What do those relationships look like? Well, I think we always know right off, right in the very beginning, just by how we feel when we're in um, those environments, we probably feel uplifted. We probably feel safe. We probably trust that other person. Um, maybe they spend more time listening to you than telling their story. Not that we're not looking for an unbalanced relationship, but you know, they may be, maybe they're not finishing your sentences. Maybe they're actually hearing what you have to say. And they might even be um, a term that I, I heard many years ago was something called a loyal opposition, which is really somebody who challenges you to think differently, but you know they always have your back. And so if we're lucky, we have at least one of those people in our lives, somebody who is always a safe place to fall, but for want of a better term, can can call bullshit when, when we're in that space. And, and we know energetically when we're in that vibration, when we're in that low level emotion, that we're just draining ourselves and creating more stress. Gosh, I had that kind of conversation with my husband yesterday. So we have this <laughs> practice, we get not of, and we were talking about maintaining health goals. And in his eyes, I don't do enough to do that. Although I begged it to differ with him. And he used those same words that you just, I'm calling bullshit on what you're saying because I feel like it's a story you're telling yourself. And I'm not sitting here in judgment. I just want you to hear me out and I want you to consider it. Safe, loving. And it was, it was great. In the end, I felt like my stance was where I was going to stay because I was tuning in and listening and feeling that. But it was so nice to have him be that. What was that term you used? It's called a loyal opposition. That loyal opposition person, because it helped me to think through my position much more clearly and then make a decision that I was, I was on my path. It was great. Where do you find these people? How do you build a purposeful network of people who can support you? Well, first of all, I think it's getting clear about what it feels like when you're around those people. We all spend time with people because we think we should. And 
I've come to understand that it really is more about how I feel when I'm in that space as opposed to what I'm actually thinking. And I think when you find a group or a community that has a similar value, perhaps that you do, it doesn't have to be exactly the same because we don't want to all be replicas of one another. We want difference in variety. We want that loyal opposition. But if we are very much incongruent on values, then we know it's not going to be a good fit. So for me, family is number one, as as it is with you. And so if we found ourselves in a situation surrounded by people who were very driven and didn't necessarily employ that family first value that we do, it's not saying they're wrong. It's just saying they don't line up with us. And so we don't need to be on that path. We don't need to hang out in that space. And so it's really about knowing exactly what what's important to you and making sure that those things are showing up daily in your life so that they're actually adding energy to your life as opposed to creating stress could be obvious, could be kind of in the background. Last week we had our master class and the attendees came, some of them, with a good idea of what their values were, some not so much. And one person had an opportunity to reflect at how her values had changed over time. So it's important that we check in because what we think we might have known about ourselves and our values, as we get clearer on our path, those priorities do change. And that was causing a a lot of stress because you talked about should, could, would attach to those old values. And so that was a significant source of stress for that person. Let's revisit a little bit what we do about those people that rob our energies or that don't have the same belief structures that we do. How do we work with that in this time of divisiveness and very different opinions about many things? What do we do here that helps us get through that? First of all, I like to remind people that nobody else gets to make you feel any way that you're not choosing. So we need to take back our power. We totally have a choice. Now, sometimes we're more aware than others. For example, today, prior to calls and prior to doing this live, I would have done some practice. For me, I use a couple of modalities. And one of them is a biofeedback. And it wasn't looking very good today. And I honestly believe that when I got out of bed, I had had a restful day yesterday, there was no stress in particular. But something was happening that I wasn't really aware of. And I still don't at this point know exactly what it is. But I know that I need to up my game to prepare because there's a little bit of uh, dialogue that's going on, perhaps in my subconscious. What you're saying is that you need to get yourself in a good place energetically and feeling strong enough to take on the day. You prepared for for this moment. Mm. 
that correct? No question. And some days are better than others, you know, but even being aware of that is key because sometimes we think we get up, we get dressed, we get showered, our makeup on and everything looks good on the outside, but the dialogue and the, the messages that are flowing between the heart and the brain are a little more erratic. Could be because of the social media we read, could be because we didn't get out of bed on time. You know, could be a lot of things that are influencing those messages that are going on in the inside. So even when the outside looks fine, there's a bit of uh, contrast on the inside. When my inside isn't fine, those are the days that I have a hard time holding my boundaries and staying true to my values. It's as if I wake up with not quite as much energy as I should have, and I'm starting the day with a deficit. So getting to the point where I do have enough energy, that reset plays a huge role in that. What heart value can we bring for people who are not in the same space as we are so that we don't get caught up in this headbutting? They, they obviously have a different path than we do, and they've traveled a very different road. So their reasons for their strong opinions and beliefs may be different from ours. How can we deal with that? I think the heart value that that we have an opportunity to tap into is compassion. We don't necessarily have to be in the energy of their experience, the energy of their perspective. We can step outside of that and allow them the space to walk whatever path they want. That gets at the situation whether or not we, as we bump up against these opposing or what we perceive as opposing uh, views, we can, we've got a choice. We can either react, which when we react is clearly a drain, or we can respond, which allows us to maintain our energy, allows us to stand in that place of compassion, understanding, um, openness that we might not have uh, been able to do otherwise. When you speak of reacting, that means that whatever those patterns are that we've experienced before, we get a stress trigger and the stress hormones flow. Mm -hmm. For sure. And because we've that path, just like, you know, a past to, for us, it might be a path to the lake, becomes more well-worn, it becomes predictable. We can go down that path very quickly and we can feel into that experience, those stress hormones almost instantaneously. When we're in a space of re responding, we're, you know, perhaps we're taking a breath, Perhaps we're allowing the messages that are traveling between the brain and the heart to do what they do best, which is oscillate in nice, even ways. So this week's call to action for everyone is to think about how much time 
you are spending reacting versus responding. And to think about that stress experience, if you're in that space of worry, fear, frustration, that fuels our inability to connect with people, it actually clouds that social relationship that we have. And if you're in a circle that's not providing you with the kind of safe social support that you need, thinking about how you could expand and find relationships that will support that. And the hint, you're not going to find them probably on Facebook in terms of posting. So going beyond that and looking beyond uh, maybe messaging people or asking for a one-on-one -on -one coffee or whatever that is to help you meet and figure out if they could be a member of your tribe. So in our next session, we're going to talk more about the biological response that happens in our body and why we react the way we do versus respond and how we can shift those chemical reactions before, during, and after they occur. So Barb, it was a pleasure chatting with you this morning. Until next time. Ta-ta. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.